Hey everybody, this is Sam and you're listening to the Deep End Podcast, the show that provides you with juicy relationship, intimacy and personal growth tips. A podcast for deep thinkers and feelers who love personal development and want to experience healthy relationships intimately and in life. Having a healthy relationship with yourself and others is one of the most fulfilling things we experience as humans. That's why I'm so passionate about going deep and why I have interviewed leading experts in the field. This week and in this episode, I have somebody who is a former client, that's how we met, and is now somebody who I feel like is, you know, there's we're not in the same business, so I wouldn't call a colleague, but a fellow, uh, I guess, coach in the industry who is equally as passionate as I am about um, self-love, self-development, self-growth, self-choosing. And this woman, her name is Avery Underwood. So we've known each other for several years and yeah, just witnessing you grow and become the woman who you are today and sharing from such a vulnerable, intimate place from the get-go to now has just been so incredible. Thank you for joining me. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It was funny. You said we've known each other for a few years since I was your client. And actually, Mm -hmm. do you remember when I did your course, Love Yourself First, and we Facebook messaged for the first time and we realized that we met in a club in Barcelona in 2012. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I forget that happened. I remember that. I remember that night very clearly. I was having the time of my life. There was some DJ from Ibiza playing music that I'd and you had to dance too. <laughs> and yeah, it must have been one of those like girlfriend, um, sorry, girls' toilets, you know, when you meet yeah, me. Cute, cute to the cute for the toilet vibes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I do remember that. I can't believe I forgot about that. Yeah, because we've been Facebook friends for yeah, since 2012. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, wow. So that was like yeah. that was 11 years ago 11 years ago I know and then I think I must have somehow followed you through Facebook onto your Instagram or whatever when you first started training to be a coach and mm-hmm. I remember I joined one of your free kind of like challenges I guess and yeah. I was like the most active person in the challenge so I got like a coupon for one of your services and I was like love yourself first let's go (laughs) yes that's right holy crap yep 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 it's so wild how much this program has evolved I'm like coaching I've got like three one-on-one clients in a year-long version of it and then I'm also coaching like these 17 year old girls in like a 12-week version of it similar to what we did and it's just like it's just grown anyway it's wild so yeah, I remember that. It was like a self-awareness challenge or something. And yeah. that was back when I was very deep into the culty vibes and very like, mm. I was a bit cold, wasn't I, as a coach? I feel like I was very like stern. I lost a little bit of my heart. Yeah, I think stern is the, the right word. I didn't really know. I mean, I, I didn't even remember that I had met you in this toilet queue, however many years before this had <laughs> happened. So mm. when I joined your program, I just kind of thought that that's what you were like. You know, I had nothing else to really go off, especially as a coach. Oh. So, so yeah. And I was like, she's fucking badass. Like, she's so <laughs> like in her power and just like, I was, I was hyper intimidated because I was at a time in my life where 
I felt very unsure and very lost and very insecure. And joining your program was really the first step on my self-love journey. Like I had been on a little bit more of a self-care personal development journey a, a few years before, but your program was really the first springboard into the self-love world that I have had so I was like is this the confidence that you get from self-love is this what happens <laughs> I love that it's so wild because I think back to that version of me and I was copying a mentor and a coach at the time and trying wow. to be like her because I had similar beliefs I'm like I'm so intimidated by her and she's so badass and I was like how can I be like her? But really, you know, the journey of self-love is like, how can I be more like me? Me. me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's cool how like the transmission, I guess like the experience that I had and how that sort of like filtered through yeah. similar experience to what you had. I in think it's interesting just to caveat like what you were just saying. Like I think a lot of people who are on in the beginning of their self-love journey do tend to idolize and put people on pedestals, people that they think have what they want. Mm -hmm. And then it's very easy to compare yourself and want to emulate that instead of what real self-love is, is coming back to who you truly are, not mm -hmm. trying to be more confident or trying to be this version of you that you think is better than who you really are. And that's where I think a lot of people come from in the beginning, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I totally resonate with that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think that like the awakening, you know, the awakening to the truth of our power and the awakening to the truth of who we really are is such for, for me. And I think maybe for you as well, it's kind of like shell shocking. It's like this, it's like, um, there's there's always a catalyst there's always something that happens in life yeah. that causes this abrupt awareness of like holy shit I've been hiding and then the resources yeah. start to come in and it's like oh there's Wayne Dyer oh Joe Dispenza oh Oprah or whoever it is you know like oh I don't know why I bring her up but like Deepak Chopra <laughs> like all these spiritual people who have these like tools that the, you know that they offer um, and some of the people that are maybe not as big as them, you know, the, like Lorna, who I was connected with, yeah. um, we're just searching for answers. And I think one of the biggest lessons that I was trying, I don't know if I taught it at the time, but from that time is like the answers are within. I think that's similar to what you're experiencing. Hey, yeah. so I'd love to hear about your experience. Tell me like from the get go, what happened, what you you were doing health coaching. You were like, we had very similar journeys, you know, studying yeah. health coaching and starting there. Mm -hmm. um, but now you're in the self-love, like, tell me. Yeah. So my evolution from health coaching to self-love coaching really came down to so my the actual course that I was doing at the time was a nutrition and lifestyle coaching qualification and I was in the middle of it when I was doing love yourself first with you and I remember after I qualified and I was taking on my first clients and I remember thinking to myself it doesn't feel right for me to be telling people what they should eat how they should live their lives. And I was like, okay, I feel like really the answer is about people coming back to their intuition and intuitively knowing what they want to eat and intuitively knowing like what feels right for them, et cetera. So from there, I kind of fell into the intuitive eating movement because it just resonated a lot more with me. 
And then I realized that a lot of the people who have dietary issues or problems with their diet or with their weight in general, it all comes back to self-love. Self-love is the crux of everything. And that was really the springboard for me to then be like, okay, this is really what I want to focus on. And this is where I think the most important work is. And from having gone from doing Love Yourself First with you, where I had been taught all these tools. And when I first started doing the self-love coaching, I still feel like I was very much still learning and integrating a lot of the knowledge. However, I feel like this is true for a lot of coaches, especially when they start out. We're very empathetic people who really want to help people. When we first have the intuitive hit to want to become a coach, generally, we're maybe in a place where we're not quite in that integral authenticity yet but we're very much on the journey, right? And I remember doing some some one-to-one coaching with some clients last summer who were just starting on their coaching journeys. And a lot of them were battling with like perfectionistic tendencies and a lack of confidence. And I was like, it really reminded me a lot of when I started out as a coach also. So I really empathize a lot with that, this ability to want to help people so much. And yet we're still kind of in that, wounded healer is that is that what it's called is that right like that yeah the healer mentality yeah I resonate with everything you're saying because I think that's when you met me was like at the very beginning of but we all have Uh to start somewhere right like exactly yeah I'd love to continue yeah continue listening I I just the one thing I want to say about that is like you can sit and study and read books and take that path but you're not really going to enhance the skills of coaching until like, for me, I've like my skills as a coach have enhanced from being in the coaching calls. Like it's not yeah. from, yeah. And so I think that there's like, it's, it's, it's about like knowing enough to serve people and also yeah. like being willing to risk it and support people who are just two steps behind, you know? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I hear you and all of that anyway, go on. Yeah. I'm not slating. I'm not slating this at all. And I think that it's, I think that it's very important. It's a very important step. And it's, it's really cool to see where you kind of start out as in the beginning of your coaching journey and like the evolution that you have, but it's really cool when you really start to integrate everything, you know, and it really becomes like you, like you become, you become authentic and integral in your word and like what you're preaching because of the path that you've taken. And because you're, living in your authenticity and you're continuing to better yourself so yeah I'm not saying that it's wrong and that people shouldn't be I I just genuinely believe that we are always on a journey right Mm. always so Mm. if we wait that's the perfectionist also if we wait until we're 100% ready and we're 100% like enlightened or whatever like we're never gonna get there you know so Mm. yeah it's Um, like the embodiment piece I'm, I'm hearing you say it's like you know we go into this journey and we intellectualize it. We know the tools. We can think the tools. We can like, you know, have a sense of them, but it's not until like, there's one thing I think I may have taught this in that version of Love Yourself First, where it's like, and I got this from Lorna, where it's like unconscious incompetence, where we're like unaware that we're not that great. She uses the word shit, unaware that we're shit. Then there's the conscious incompetence that we're aware that we're shit. And then there's the mm-hmm. conscious competence where we're like, okay, cool. Now I'm aware that I'm in integrating, like there's still a conscious effort to or awareness to bring to like 
you know, applying the tools and, and practicing the tools. And then there's the unconscious competence where it's just fully embodied. And we're like at this level of like, oh, this is second nature now. Now I know how to be present. Now I know how to actively listen. Now I know how to choose myself. Now I know what my no means and my yes means. And I feel like that's what you're speaking into. Yeah, 100%. That journey. Yeah. And you mentioned something before where you said that usually we have this moment where like something happens in our lives that all of a sudden it becomes so clear that we have to step into our new power, you know? We're like forced to do that. Mm. Um, and I think maybe for some people, it's more of a gradual process that happens over time. Whereas for me, it was very much like everything in my life was turning to shit. And I had, no, I had no choice but to come into myself, fully love and accept myself and step into my power in order to move through it. It sounds like you had maybe a similar situation. Yeah, really tragic breakup. Yeah. Yeah, I was like heartbroken. And then I um, recognized and realized, you know, all the places that I lost myself in that relationship. And so then that's why Love Yourself First came about because through that experience of losing myself, I didn't have boundaries. I didn't know what my yes and no were. I didn't know like, and also Love Yourself First was a really great, um, it came from the life coaching cert that I did that like those some tools in there that we're able to that you know when we go through the training we become aware of like where we're out of alignment and start using and practicing the tools so Mm -hmm. yeah I think that I was when we started connecting would have been like this time three years ago broken up I think you and him had just broken up yeah yeah. So, so for you, there was like a catalyst. It was also like, a relationship. Yeah. The speaking, speaking of catalysts. Yeah. Well, yeah. that awakening, that abruptness. Um, well, to be fair, before I met him, I was in South America. Well, I traveled in 2017 and then I drank some ayahuasca and then I was like, oh my God, there's so much more to life. So that's when I embarked on my journey to study the coaching and do all the things. Right. Um, so yeah, that was my catalyst moment. Nice. Um, drinking some plant medicine. <laughs> you know when, but you look back over your life. Do you like think back to, over your life and think, ah, oh, that's why I went through that experience, and that's why I read that book at that time, and like all the pieces just land. You, you've kind of always been on this journey, but it's like just a moment of truth of like, girl, you need to step the fuck up and step into your power and start serving. Yeah. So what was that moment for you? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I feel like now I live my life in a way that everything makes sense and everything happens for a reason. Even in like really dark, difficult moments, I'm even like trying to find the, I'm like, this must be happening for some reason. And people call that spiritual bypassing or whatever. And I actually just think that it's a very peaceful and trusting way to live. And yeah, so hundred percent, I definitely, definitely believe that everything happens for a reason. And sometimes we can't even see it until after, but the, the older I get and the more situations that happen to me, the more trust I have in that and that everything is exactly working out as it's meant to. So the big catalyst for me last year was when, so I was in a relationship for four and a half years before I left England 
And then I came to Mexico and I met somebody seven weeks after me and my then ex had broken up. And it was one of those relationships where it was completely the opposite of the relationship that I'd been in before. It was like everything that I had wanted all of a sudden was like plopped into my lap. And even though I intuitively knew that I just needed to be single, the temptation of this like fiery, passionate love was so much for me that I completely disregarded the intuitive nudge that I knew I just needed to, you know, be out in the world and figuring my shit out. So yeah, because I was kind of in that stage of like fighting with myself, wanting to be single, but also like being in love with him and like the intoxication that came with that fiery love. Yeah, there was a lot of ups and downs. Um, there was a lot of me trying to break up with him, trying to leave us getting back together, like us trying to be in an open relationship, like all of these things, which, you know, looking back was just me kind of scrambling to have my cake and eat it too. Um, so I ended up hurting him a lot in the long run. And yeah, so at the end of the summer, I was back at my mom's house. We were doing long distance for a couple of months. And um, actually the thing that happened was I found out that I was pregnant last summer. So after all of the ups and downs, like it culminated in this pregnancy. And I was like, whoa. I never wanted a child before that wasn't on my radar at all. And yet when you're pregnant, it's like a totally mind blowing experience. Like I can't, it's really hard to describe people who have been pregnant before will understand, but I really battled with, I really battled with like, do I want this? Like, do I not? Um, obviously I didn't want it before, but when it's there and it's happening and it's in your body, it's like a very different experience. But from that, he started finally being honest with me about how he was really feeling about everything that had gone down in our relationship, how I had made him feel, et cetera. So I did eventually make the decision to have the abortion. And even though it was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do in my life, I don't regret it for a fucking second. But a couple of weeks after I had had the procedure, he started to emotionally distance himself from me. And things got really bad and really toxic between the two of us. We were trying to do long distance and I could just tell things were wrong. He wasn't telling me he loved me anymore. I was so focused on trying to keep the relationship together during a time that I should have been really focused on my own healing, you know? And yeah, I just remember there was this one day where I told him I was upset about something and he basically laughed at me, called me dramatic. And I was like, please don't call me dramatic. Like, these are my feelings. That's a trigger for me from my previous relationship also. And he knew that. And then he was like, but you are being dramatic. And he was like, I just wish that we couldn't speak for a few days so that I could miss you. And I was like, whoa, I was like, hang on a second. You know, when you're being gaslit and the whole thing with gaslighting is that it makes you feel like something's wrong with you, right? That you're doing something wrong, that you're the crazy person, and I remember leaving that call being like, oh my God, like, am I being too needy? Like, what's wrong with me? And then I spoke to my therapist who told me, <laughs> I'm no longer working with this therapist, caveat. She told me, you should probably just back off. Guys like that kind of thing. And I remember, okay, so both of these things had happened in two consecutive days. And I remember leaving my therapist's call and I sat on my mom's bed. I don't know if you've ever had this experience before, but I felt like the room was 
spinning out around me. I felt like I had no root in reality anymore. When you're being gaslit from so many different directions and everything you thought to be true before is no longer true and everyone's telling you that it's not true. And I literally felt like the room was spinning out around me. And I was meant to be going into New York City like two hours later for a friend's birthday. And I just remember I had this moment where I went and I came back into my body and I went, no, hang on a second. I know what is true here. I know I'm not being too needy. I know I'm not asking for too much. I know I shouldn't have to not speak to my boyfriend for three fucking days in order for him to miss me. I know that I shouldn't have to play games. No, I know. And it was such a profound moment for me. And even though things between me and my ex were still like really iffy for the next coming weeks, every time I had a moment where I felt weird about something that was going on between the two of us. My natural instinct was I should call my friend. I should call my friend. I should ask what's going on about this. And then I'd go, no, 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 no. Hang on a second. What do you think you should do? And it would take me a second to come around and really figure out like what it was that I thought that I should do. And then the thing would terrify me because I was so used to people pleasing, not speaking my truth, like not wanting to hurt anyone, blah, blah, blah. But then I thought, okay, well, I need to do that thing. Like, you need to tell him this. You need to set a boundary. You need to do this. You need to do that. And the more I started to practice this, this asking myself, what do you think you should do? Don't reach out to your friend. What do you think you should do? Okay, now actually do it. And I just remember feeling this, like, grounded calmness wash over me. And even though everything that was happening was super shit, it was a really cool experience at the time because I really felt like through all this shit that was going on, I really found myself. So that was what happened to me. <laughs> and then I ended up coming back to Mexico and I just said, you know, maybe it was the distance. Maybe when we see each other, it will be better. And I was like, just go with an open heart and open mind. And as soon as I saw him, I knew it was over. And I just like was very honest with how I was feeling, didn't sugarcoat anything and everything just aligned exactly as it was meant to. And it didn't mean that it wasn't painful. The experience was so fucking painful, but it was also really fucking powerful because I knew that I was acting in my highest integrity. And I just had this moment where I realized that the only time you don't know what to say is when you are trying to dilute your truth, when you are trying to sugarcoat your truth. If you are speaking authentically from your heart and your soul, you will never not know what to say. So, yeah. So mine was also heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> wow listening yeah. to you and I don't know if I'm sure almost certain that people listening to this will will have had similar experiences to what I just experienced which was like full body chills just like mm -hmm. that's what the truth does you know the truth it's yeah. still happening <laughs> my legs and my arms like it's like it's like <laughs> this this truth just comes in and envelopes me and it comes out in truth bumps I call them truth bumps I think we were kind of like yeah, and hearing you share that story, I resonate with it so much because the the gaslighting in particular, it's not just about and I don't know what your experience was like with it, but I've I've had a similar experience with the most recent partner where like it it become it feels ancestral like in my lineage in my family like the gaslighting and the narcissism of the the narcissistic yeah. traits within the men that my grand, you know, my my lineage and the women in my lineage have dated. And not to blame men, but also like the woman coming into her full power in that and no longer tolerating that kind of behavior, like 
Yeah. Wow. And you know, yeah. like something you said at the beginning of your story was like, people say that there's a reason for everything and as being a spiritual bypass, but I actually see that as the opposite. I see that as this is radical personal responsibility and how have my choices and decisions influenced this moment right here, right now. And then when I hear you share that story about like, this motherfucker is gaslighting me and the self-choosing of that, of that, like that, that moment of like, nah, I'm not available to be gaslighted. Like I'm choosing myself. So I, I resonate with all of that being in the room and it spinning around like, fuck. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And something that really, that happened like right towards the end of our breakup was I really felt like he had kind of pushed me to break up with him. I gave him many opportunities to tell me what was going on. I'm not sure if he just didn't have the language or whatever. We could dissect that. And I don't know because he's not here. And I've, I, it feels like I'm beating a dead horse at this point. Like, I don't think I'm ever going to get the proper answer from this. However, that's how I felt is that he had pushed me to go there to break up with him because all he was saying is, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And I'm like, well, you must know something. Like, you must know how you're feeling. Like, come on. Anyway, so after I did the dirty work of finally ending the relationship, I remember sitting at his kitchen table looking at him and he he actually said to me, you know, I think that we we always learn something from every relationship that we're in. And I was like, well, what do you think that you learned? He said, I need to speak my truth more. And I was like, great. Well, I hope that you really do take that on and you continue to do that moving forward. He's like, well, what have you learned? And I was like, I will never not speak the truth to someone for fear of hurting them because I know how much more it fucking hurts when you are not being told the truth. And the ironic thing is that when I was saying about all the ups and downs in our relationship, there was a point back in the spring. So in March, almost a year ago now, where I broke up with him and left him. And he was like, why are you breaking up with me? And I remember having the thought of what can I do to not tell him the truth so that I don't hurt him? And I just kept going around in circles being like, I just need to be single. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. And then I had it reflected back to me. And I was like, I apologize. I'd apologize so much for this anyway before this. But when I had him sat there in front of me, I was like, I am so genuinely sorry for not being able to articulate and tell you and not have the courage and the courtesy to do that for you because I know how much it fucking hurts now. Like you, like people think and people are afraid to speak the truth because they don't want to upset the other person, but it is so much more painful to know you are being lied to. So if I can give yeah. that to anyone. <laughs> I love that. It's, it's the thing about lying is that it's quite manipulative and yeah. it's also quite controlling. Like the shadow of it is trying to, there's like a lack of trust and taking responsibility for the other person's feelings and the and their emotions. And yeah. um, the, we also take away their power when we lie to them. So like the freedom of choice that comes with the truth, you know, here you are, this is who I am. This is what I'm available for. This is what I'm not available for. This is why I'm making this choice with that information, do what you please, you know, and this is something that's like so important in, in relationships and authentic relating. It's all about like being as authentic and real as possible. And yeah, that's the self-love journey, you know, like how can we be real with ourselves and like admit to ourselves, oh my God, I actually don't like this person. Holy fuck. 
And now I have to go yeah. and admit that to them that there's, you know, I've got the ick, that's why, or whatever the reason is, you know, this is just like a playful example. Um, so, yeah. I remember so- when I first, oh, sorry. I remember when I first realized that people pleasing was manipulative. It's a manipulative practice and you don't realize it because you think you're being a good person, but you're not being a good person. You're being manipulative. You're trying to manipulate somebody else's perception of you by not being authentic. Yeah. It's not that sinister, but it's true. Yeah. You're lying. It's a form of lying. Yeah. And and manipulation isn't bad either. I just want to like, because there's like, you know, being an influencer, for example, has a form of manipulation. So like it's it's manipulating people with the for selfish purposes and reasons, which is like anchored in untruth, you know, when there's that yeah, when when we manipulate people, sometimes we gotta manipulate like, you know, I have people that some clients or even friends who are like going through challenges in life there's a form of manipulating them into bringing their like awareness into self-responsibility and like sometimes that is yeah just just to touch on that word like manipulation isn't always bad but it's bad when it's in on I don't even like using the word bad and good and whatever it's just unhealthy when we are doing it to gain something and it's anchored in untruth yes Yes, I think anchored and untruth is the the caveat. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think about manipulation? <laughs> I've never thought of it in that way. I think I have. I think I maybe think that manipulation is bad, but I've never really contemplated on it too much. I suppose when I think of manipulation, I think of trying to get other people to persuade other people or do other things in a just in a dishonest way yeah it's like manipulating reality right yeah you know your own personal gain yeah so for me there's some level of manipulation in my sales and marketing I need to manipulate my audience but it's not for personal gain it's so that I can be of service to them because I have a high value and belief in what I have to offer and I know that I can help people I would, I would argue that that's not manipulation. That's persuasion mm, yeah, and allowing like people to come to their own. Um, Cause you're not manipulating people into saying yes. You're trying, trying to evoke something in somebody to say yes from their soul. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Someone posed this whole thing of manipulation to me and I really resonated with it when they shared that with me and now you're sharing this with me and I'm like oh yeah I see that too I like that (laughs) persuasion different perspectives (laughs) yeah so many different perspectives but yeah going back to the point people pleasing is manipulating people into liking us where it's not authentic yeah yeah it's not liking the version of us it's true exactly and I genuinely believe so much that the things in our lives that are meant to be will be there no matter what. And I think this is one of the biggest fears that a lot of people have in the beginning of their self-love journey. And this is something I love to talk about is that sometimes everything in our life has to crash and fucking burn in order to be the Phoenix that rises from the ashes. This literally is what happened Mm -hmm. to me last year. Mm -hmm. And I've never been happier, never been more grounded, never been more content because everything in my life that wasn't in alignment fell away 
And we can be so afraid of losing those things. However, when you think about losing things that aren't in alignment for us, that don't serve us, you make room for so much more that is in alignment for us. Do you see that happening? Like, do you see that unraveling and unfolding in your life when you become more magnetic to what you truly desire? Yeah. Yeah. What are some things that have happened? Yeah. Um, some things that have happened. Well, firstly, I think that the relationship from last year, uh, wasn't right in the long term. I think this is why I was battling with a lot of doubts, but then there was that love, which can be super confusing. So even though everything was really hard in the end, uh, I do believe that everything happens for a reason. It doesn't mean that the heartbreak wasn't there. It doesn't mean that it didn't take me months to get over. However, I do believe that if it was meant to be, it would have been, and it wasn't in the end. And that gives me a lot of solace. Also, I was working a job last year that I really didn't like. And I got to the point where, so I come back to Mexico City. I just had my breakup. This was like the last thread of unalignment that I felt like in my life, but I still had that fear a little bit of like, if you don't have anything lined up, then don't quit. Don't, don't take the leap until you have something. And it got so bad that I just went, you know what? I know that I know everything's going to be okay. I'm just going to do it. So I quit. And then something literally fell into my lap exactly when I needed it. And it was just like, it was so nice. It was just like, I have this list of my phone of things that I manifest, like random little things that happen to me all the time. Um, this is another silly example. So at the end of last year, I'd been in Mexico City for a couple months on my own. And I'm still a little bit of a party girl, not as much as I used to be. But yeah, <laughs> I do still enjoy to let loose. Yeah. So, and I remember thinking to myself, I've been in Mexico City for two months and I was like, I really want to meet some people that I can go rave with. And I was like feeling this frustration of like, why hasn't it happened yet? And then I just thought to myself, okay, the universe hasn't given them to me for some reason and they're going to come when they're meant to. And then literally the next day I go out to this gig and I meet this guy on the dance floor and he's like, you look like you like to party. And I was like, I do. And he invited me to this festival like the week after. He was like, my friend has a ticket for sale. You can come stay at my house. You have a ride. And I ended up meeting, he was like the catalyst to like meet so many people in Mexico City, like people that are my people, you know? And it was just such a beautiful example of like, you put it out to the universe, you say what you want, you relax into it. You're like, okay, now is not my time. The time is going to come. And then it gets handed to you on a silver fucking platter. And I just love that shit. And it strengthens my resolve every time that like everything is working out exactly as it's meant to and I always come back to that whenever I'm frustrated about something not happening I'm like okay there's a reason and it's gonna happen when the time is right it's like the power of intention as well so I think it's like a there's like a it's like the masculine and the feminine working together it's like the spaciousness to direct your life in a way where you're making choices that are in support of being in alignment and also being really clear with what you desire and choosing things that are in alignment to those desires and manifesting in that sense. Like a silly example for me is like, I was like at the end of a relationship last year and I was like, I really want to have a conscious fling over summer. I want to ex- summer. I want to experience polyamory. You know, I want to experience my sexuality. I have a lover in Melbourne who's a woman and I have 
yeah, I just want to explore sex. I want to do all that thing, all those things. Met this guy, thought he was amazing. Start planning our future. Totally going to have his babies. And then he's like, no, I'm not available for anything more. Like he's doing his own thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're the conscious fling I called in. Yep. I have to be a bit more clear about what I want. (laughs) (laughs) I want heart-centered connection now. But I'm also going to hermit mode. And then same with like my house. I was like, I want somewhere that is going to be a smooth transition, not too much of an increase in rent. I'm moving in by myself and like literally – my lease here ends on the 3rd of March. The new property that I'm going into for three months is on the 4th of March. I'm taking over a friend's place while she's traveling overseas. Like, it's just wild when we get to, like, re- recognize that we orchestrate everything in our life. So it's like a both end of, like, everything happens for a reason. Then there's this, like, element of trust and surrender that's necessary and required. <sighs> And then there's also just this like re- being really clear and making choices that are in alignment. I'm using yeah. my examples to share, like I hear the resonance in your story and I see, yeah, yeah those pieces. Of course. There was something really funny that happened recently actually where I was at a day party last weekend and I had just been like bumbling about like meeting loads of random people. And I met this guy who I thought was really hot and we kind of, I left the party without like saying goodbye or anything. And I feel like I was giving off a vibe that maybe I wasn't that interested in the end. And I remember being like, universe, have hot guy message me. (laughs) And I said it, I said it over and over. He hasn't messaged me, but there was another hot guy who I met that night who then ended up asking me out on Instagram. And I was like, okay, I mean, you did your work. It wasn't the hot guy, but like it was a hot guy. (laughs) Right? It's like how specific we need to be so specific. And I think, yeah, like specific standards. It's not so much about having high standards or low standards. It's like having very specific, specific, specific standards. Like I'm not available for a relationship that is somewhat telling the truth. I'm available only for relationships where there's just absolute truth and just, you know, we speak the truth and there's that level of authenticity. And even saying that, like words are so powerful. You know, we hang on to words from our childhood that have impacted us. Like that is the power of word. So yeah, not a hot guy, the hot guy. Yeah. How was it in the end? Okay. Yeah. Was it a vibe? Uh, Well, I'm going out for drinks with, with, the hot guy who ended up messaging me tomorrow so that'll be interesting it's actually like my first my first date that I was officially asked on like since my breakup and I've been manifesting I've been manifesting people hitting on me like I quite I quite like that I I quite like being like chased a little bit and I feel like it doesn't happen as often as I would like. So it was very interesting to have this all kind of like reflected back to me. So I'm just going to go with an open heart and an open mind, see how it goes. I've not been doing my classic thing of like over romanticizing. Um, So yeah, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see this year. What's really important for me is I really want to, I really want to retrain my nervous system to get over the fear of rejection or like be able to, yeah, be able to not let it paralyze me and not go after the people that I want to full transparency. I think throughout most of my life, I've tended to go for people who I know won't reject me. And Mm. 
as in like maybe punching down slightly. Um, and I'm feeling like really, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to step into my confidence and not being afraid of being rejected and really going after what I want, because I know that that has held me back in the past and just being able to lean into those triggers and make it into like a little bit of a game. So we'll see how that goes this year. I really love that. It's like, the challenge, you know, you're craving the challenge of a man who's going to challenge you to step up instead of, you know, being that kind of leader role in the relationship. Um, I resonate with that as well because it's a similar thing. I'm actually going to plug in my mentor right now because I'm very passionate about this work and I feel like it's really important and it's just you've brought it up and I need to speak into it. And it's nervous system training on attachments. So like anxious attachment and avoidant attachment. It's called Regulate. And it's like a, it's a five module um, if you want to buy it as an evergreen. Um, And yeah, he does live versions of it as well. But it's like so detailed into understanding how the amygdala works, how the brain works and neurotransmitters, why our nervous systems, you know, respond and react and romanticize or, have it's nervous system training basically it's given me such deep insight into trauma and helps me serve my clients better um but also it's what I'm getting my clients to now do as part of some of my offerings and I feel like you'll love it it's not even that expensive it's like I think 200 and something US dollars maybe 280 US so and it's like fucking 10 years worth of like just he's just refined nervous system training into this like five He's very amazing. Like he's very good. He's all about foundational things. So I'm just plugging him in. His name is Damien Bola. Um, I know this is about you and I want to plug you in as well, but I'm mentioning it to you because it seems like, yeah, you might be into it. I'll check it out. Thank you yeah. For letting me know. Yeah. So epic. Um, so yeah. Okay. Your intuition this is something that I really want to speak into as well, because like, you know, what is the difference between your intuition and your nervous system going into that trauma response? Cause that's something that is, you know, you did talk about this in your thing, but this is something that we really wanted to speak into is like nervous system regulation and yeah, tre- treating your triggers as a point of curiosity. Tell me more about that. So- Cause there's that difference, you know, our intuition. Yeah. I'll let you talk. Sorry, I'm getting passionate. No, it's okay. So I feel like it's interesting that you're bringing them up together in tandem because I feel like it can be so confusing. And I remember, I think one of the first times I got like my proper intuitive hit was when we were doing Love Yourself First and you started talking about how you had abandoned your plans and gone traveling with your ex and all this stuff. And that you were like, I really kind of abandoned myself and didn't do what I wanted to do. And I just remember being like, fuck, because I had done exactly the same in my relationship that I was in. I hadn't gone traveling because I didn't want to leave the relationship. And I ended up falling into this deep depression during that time that I had made the decision to not go traveling, even though it's what I really wanted to do, but I was fighting against myself so much, which literally caused me to spiral into a deep depression for like many, many months. And I didn't have the language or the knowledge at the time to understand that it was because I was not in my integrity and I wasn't being true to myself and I wasn't doing what I really needed to do. And I was abandoning myself for love. 
And yeah, so I remember in Love Yourself First when you said this, and I remember just like my nervous system was activated, and but also like it was like my brain was, my body was like screaming at me, like, this is it, this is you, this is exactly you, and you have to do something about it. And I feel like a lot of people say that your intuition is way more grounded, it's way more calm, it's way more slow. For me in the beginning, it wasn't like that at all. Now it is, but in the beginning, it triggered my nervous system so much that I was spinning out of control and that's how it felt for me anyway but what I noticed was that when it wouldn't shut the fuck up and it kept coming up then you're like okay this is probably something to look at and I remember this was something that you used to say actually that you're not always going to get it right you're not always going to get it right and we need to be able to look the fear of failure in the face and, you know, act on whatever is coming up for us, because sometimes we don't know if it's our intuition or if it is our insecurities or our attachment styles or our nervous systems. But I feel like the more you try and the more you get to know yourself, the easier it does become. And then your nervous system doesn't get as activated when you're trying to live your truth and speak your truth, because you start to trust yourself and the fact that you know it's right for you. But in the beginning, it can feel terrible and like someone's shouting at you. I don't know. Yeah, and I think it does really resonate. Something that I've witnessed a lot of women experience in relationships through work and through friendships is this and through personal experience is when our intuition is screaming at us and we gaslight ourselves and tell ourselves, you're just being insecure. You need to just pipe down and chill out. And then we fall into this, I'm just going to be the chill girlfriend and I'm not going to speak into this. But right deep inside, you're rattling. You're like, the intuition is like, or our intuition is like, wake the fuck up. Can't you see what is going on? Listen to me. And it gets louder and louder and louder. And we get to this point, yeah, like you said, just like, eventually we have to listen there's nothing else to hear did you have that experience did you ever like feel that self-abandonment from the self-gaslighting oh yeah totally a lot I definitely felt that way in my most recent relationship where I think I even voice noted you about it I was like I don't know if this is my intuition and I don't know if it is fear I really couldn't figure it out for a while But I think from my experiences and my previous two relationships and the times that my intuition has been so loud and like screaming at me and getting louder and louder is that now I know it's not going away. It's probably something to look at. And if you stop fighting with yourself, if you stop fighting with yourself and you stop gaslighting yourself, like you say, like, oh no, it just must be this, it must be that, it must be this and that. And if you really just say the thing that you're most afraid of saying, which is the thing that your intuition is trying to say to you, what I found is that everything becomes really still. If you are able to admit that to yourself, whatever it is that your intuition is screaming at you, everything just becomes very quiet. And then after that, when you realize you have to action it and you have to do all the things that come with that intuitive hit, then you're going to get your your activated nervous system again because you have to work through like, okay, now I need to actually do this fucking scary thing that I didn't want to admit to myself and now I have to do it because I can't unsee it. But yeah. yeah. 
I think that was like one of the things that we focused on as well as like you you mentioned something about not confusing intuition with fear and intuition guides us to the edge of our comfort zone because what we're comfortable with is not having to set a boundary and people pleasing and self-abandoning and you know like saying yes when we really want to say no because that's what we're used to doing that's what we're taught that's what we're modeled that's what we're like conditioned to do and so yeah the the intuition can sometimes get confused with fear because it's guiding us to do the thing that scares like you said this that scares the shit out of us exactly and I think this is why nervous system regulation goes so hand in hand with this work and getting to know ourselves getting to listen to our intuition and act on it because we will become so activated in those moments because it is scary as fuck. It is so scary to have to do the thing that you don't want to do. And so being able to understand when we're activated, understand what's going on in our bodies and then be able to have practices to bring ourselves back down so that we can be more grounded and calm and think rationally about the next steps to implement. Because otherwise we're just in that, spiraled I mean everybody knows what it feels like to feel fucking stressed right like Mm -hmm. we get hot like we're like sweaty sometimes we're like even shaking like we can't think properly because literally what's going on in our bodies is that it shuts off our prefrontal cortex which is our problem solving rational rational mind and like you were saying about the, the amygdala the reptilian brain it literally takes over it's our stress response literally trying to just survive but mm. that's why our thoughts can feel completely out of control is because all our body is trying to do is keep us safe. And the safest mm. thing for us to do is stay in our comfort zones. But when you, it's also not the safest thing that we can do because when we know that we're not acting in our integrity, it's still stressful. So it's like a yeah. vicious cycle. <laughs> I love this. It's like, I've, yeah, I've just plugged in my mentor and I'm like, you don't need it. You already know. <laughs> other people will need it though yeah and I think it's so important to know what's going on physiologically for us because we're not taught any of these things like in school we're taught history and math and none of these things that any of us can ever remember but real life skills that teach us how to deal with stress Mm -hmm. and what's going on in our bodies and how to take care of ourselves or even how to be in relationships Yeah, we're not taught any of these things that we're dealing with every single day. And that's why there's so much illness, like physical illness and mental illness in society is because none of us know what's happening in our bodies, what's happening in our minds, how to deal with our emotions, how to process these things. Mm -hmm. And it's so vital. It's so important. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you in that. It's so important. It's like, yeah, this lack of education, it's it's just, it's mind blowing because it's 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 being a human being right you know like this is what this is foundations of what it is to be human this is our fear survival response mechanisms our bodies are not designed to even know the difference between low-grade stress that we experience at work in you know corporate environments or in whatever environment like even me being self-employed like I'm experiencing stress to some level every day but because it's so low um I'm 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 used to it you know I'm like this is what gives me that fake energy um but without the awareness like 
how am I meant to know what the fuck is happening when I burn out and I crash and burn because I'm not so I'm not in tune with my body I'm numbed out from it um and then yeah you know the hormonal you would know this like how much it influences our hormones this is what impacts our relationships you know this is what brings us into our like women especially being so masculine orientated in this world where we're using a lot of testosterone and cortisol these hormones impact our well-being so yeah I agree it needs to be I'm getting very passionate I'm like "Mm." (laughs) yeah talk about this for hours we could talk about this for hours definitely um yeah, so I really love that you've spoken about the fear versus the intuition and how daunting that can be. Um, and now where are you at? Tell me, like, you're in the self-choosing phase. You're being single. What are you loving about it? So there's so many things that I'm loving about how I'm feeling and where I'm at right now. And I think that it's my my work as a self-love coach from from doing your love yourself first force to now and really being able to see the journey and i really feel like i am a walking before and after and it really feels so i i feel even more passionate about the work that i do because i know a how long sometimes all of this work can take but also that how much better I feel within myself and how much better my life is more fulfilling. My life is more happy. I am in general because of this journey that I have been on and where I'm at right now. And I know that it, if it's possible for me, like I considered myself to be an extremely, extremely, um, a person with extreme self-doubt, self-deprecation, like low self-esteem. Like if I can go from that to how I feel right now, like anybody can do it. And yeah, I just, yeah, I just feel so passionate (laughs) about everything. And it's just a really cool place to be, to feel so grounded and empowered in myself and where I'm at and to continuously be challenging myself in ways that feels a lot more playful these days rather than me kind of fighting against myself. Um, before if I had if I experienced a quote unquote like difficult emotion it would spiral me into this like I don't know this massive resistance like why am I feeling this way there's something wrong with me I need to fix myself whereas now if I something comes up what I like to call myself is like a detective of myself and it feels like a playful game you know it's like sometimes I still have moments where I'm like why am I feeling this way and I'm like hang on a second okay, let's notice that this is going on. How can we breathe like deep self-acceptance into exactly what this is? And like, let's figure this out. Or maybe it's not even about figuring out. Maybe it's just an acceptance of what is and like carrying on with our day, you know? And when I encounter triggering emotions or feelings, instead of feeling like, oh my God, I'm taking two steps back. I'm like, no, this is an invitation for me to become even more embodied and even more empowered. And this is what I was saying about trying to quote unquote, get over the fear of rejection or not get over it, but bring a deeper self-acceptance to it and like retrain my nervous system to not feel so activated in the face of rejection. But to me, it's like, this is going to be a fun challenge this year. 
I'm excited to see where I go from now to the end of the year by actively working on this, by actively trying to dance with discomfort and continue to move through this and be able to give myself the nourishment and the self-care practices to calm my nervous system when this is all going on. Um, and it's a really, it's a really peaceful way to be. So yeah, that's where I'm at. And I just, that's what I was saying. I feel so passionate, even more passionate about the work that I do because I know, I know that it's possible. I know that it's possible and you must feel the same. Mm, yeah, I do. I do. It's like, I'm playing the game of life. And yeah, just hearing you speak into all those little pieces. One of the things that kind of came through as you were speaking was like self-love is so much more than just loving ourselves. It's like, how can we accept ourselves? How can we just accept that sometimes we're going to feel things that are uncomfortable? How can we be with those parts of ourselves? You know, and I think that like, (laughs) this is the journey, right? Going back to the beginning, when we compare ourselves to these people who we see, who seem to have it, who we perceive to have it all together. And then we, you know, that little bubble bursts. It's like, oh, you're a human being. You're not this like God or goddess in human person. You are a human being. And like, I don't want to be like you anymore. I want to be like me. How can I accept that I am not like you? Yeah, there's bad bitch in me. Yeah, there's, you know, warrior woman or whoever there's all you know it's just part of being the spectrum of a human but like how can I love my flavor of that and accept my flavor of that so I love that you are embodied in that you know the colorful coach has been is that still a thing like I I, yeah yeah like I see your emails and I'm like fuck yeah I just love that you're thriving and you're just like you are all those things you haven't let up on your true authentic expression you are colorful like even just the way you're presented today I'm like this is such a vibe it's really cute 90s I want to know where you got your t-shirt from and your hair clip like <laughs> um yeah your essence it's your it's all it comes back down to the essence isn't it of who we really are yeah and when you can stop fighting with yourself and really be able to deeply accept yourself exactly as you are and know that there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing that needs to be fixed. Like you, you are a perfect, imperfect, flawed human and you're going to fuck up and you're going to make mistakes. And, you know, just being able to accept all of the parts of you, it's really such an amazing, amazingly freeing experience. And when you can embody that and show up in the world like that, it's such a ripple effect for everybody else. And that's what we really need. I genuinely believe in so much in the power of self-love to heal so much of society's ills because so much of, so much of what's wrong with society has to do with a suppression of our truest authentic selves and people project that onto other people. This is where I believe all prejudice comes from. And it's a, it's a learned and passed down thing because it's like, if you don't fit into my box, you are wrong. No, what's wrong is even thinking that there is wrong. Mm. Like we are all right. And we are all, there's no such thing as normal and we should be allowed and celebrated to be our most authentic selves. And we need to give that grace to other people. Also, it's not just about the work for us. We need to, 
be able to look at how we try and box other people also and be able to be really honest with that and Mm. that just lead with love and compassion for ourselves and for other people yeah I agree I so agree with that I love all of those little pieces so okay everyone that's listening I'm sure you're like this Avery person she's a vibe so how can people get in contact with you I'm gonna leave all of your contact details in the the show notes but like what are some things that you want to offer and um put out there to connect with people and support them in their self-love journey yes so I mainly hang out on Instagram you can find me at v.colorful.coach colorful spelled the British way c-o-l-o-u-r um, I'm also on TikTok the same, and I believe that self-love should be available to all. So I do have my paid services, but I also have my newsletter, which you can subscribe to. And I host a whole bunch of free workshops and have like free meditations and different things that get sent straight to your inbox. So make sure to give me a follow and subscribe to my newsletter. Um, I do have a few things coming up. I don't know when this episode is going to be released. I'm not sure when it's going to be released either. I've got like okay. 35 episodes ready to go. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, well, just yeah. I'll just talk into it quickly. Yeah, so please. I do have, I do do one-to-one coaching um, starting from just single sessions, such as my highest self-love power hour. And we can also do um, from like six week journeys, et cetera. And then I have my 12 week group program, the self-love safari, which will be launching for the first time in April. So if this is after April, it will be launching again and again. So come follow me. You can find all the info there. And yeah, just say hi, because I would love to connect with you. Oh, so good. It's been so nice to like be able to drop back in with you after, yeah, such a, like, I feel like our journeys, we've been like serpent slithering in and out of each other's lives in really meaningful ways and ways that have reason you know like I feel like it's really awesome that we met at a club in Barcelona (laughs) at a time and a version of ourselves that you know is so different so different to who we are today so yeah yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure I just love that you are kind of like really one of the catalysts for the work that I do. So I just want to acknowledge you and thank you for that. So you I'm continue so, to inspire me. So I'm yeah. so glad. I'm so glad to hear that. That's so awesome. Oh, thank you. I, I feel inspired by you as well. I just, I'm just going to receive that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Take it. <Enjoy> yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, I will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening.